Hey, my name is Angelo Justino, and you're listening to the second episode of the Bandwidth Podcast. This is the podcast where I tell you what's going on with technology and what you need to look out for. In this episode, we're going to be looking at World War II stories and trying to find out how technology and media influenced the war. In school, we're learning about World War II stories. We're trying to answer a driving question, which is how might we use stories to understand the cause and consequences of World War II? I have a special guest who's going to talk about what he knows about the technology during World War II. His name is George Daly. My name is George Daly. I was born on August the 8th, 1934. I wanted to learn more about the technology that came from the war and the impact it had on the war. I started by asking him about some of the important technology of the war that he knew about. He started by introducing to me a man by the name of Max Akin, who was a very important Canadian and one of Churchill's friends. Um, the Canadian uh, Churchill's friend was a fellow named uh, Max Aitken, Lord Beaverbrook, who was from Ontario, but he moved to England. They made him Lord Beaverbrook, but he was a good friend of Churchill. and. He was actually the manager of all of the war material produced in Canada going to England, like the tanks and the aircraft, and he supervised the manufacturing of all the raw materials to go to England so they could fight the Germans. And what the, um, the fellow in my book, which is an increasing, uh, amazing individual, which I gave you a copy. My guest, George Daly, references some stuff from a book he read recently called Churchill's Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, The Mavericks Who Plotted Hitler's Defeat, written by Gilles Milton. This book is about the destruction of Hitler's war machines using sabotage. George states the book talks about all sorts of different technologies such as planes and tanks to sabotage Hitler's plans. He talks about Churchill's plans for sabotage. Um, he's described how he started something completely different for the British who were very correct in warfare. I mean, you carried guns and you were gentlemen fighting. He said you can't do that with the Germans and Hitler. You've got to be sneaky and put um, parachute guys into Germany and try to blow up their bridges and kill them and, and, and really with knives and don't be a gentleman. You just, they're gone. So he did that. And he's also a, a um, scientist who designed military weapons to fight the Germans. One of the big things was the Corvettes were manufactured in Canada, which was a ship out of Halifax that went out to protect the merchant ships sailing over to Europe from Halifax to England to give them war materials from Canada. A Corvette was a small Canadian warship used for anti-submarine warfare. These ships were great because Canada can make lots of them quickly. Like he said, these ships were used to bring supplies, materials, and weapons to Britain while the bombing was happening. If they didn't have these ships to bring them resources, Britain may have been out of the war. With these resources, the British were still in the war. They needed to fight back against the German Air Force. That's when the Spitfire fighter jet was created. They, 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 um one of the big things they did make was like the Spitfire aircraft in 1940, which defeated the German Luftwaffe, who were planning to bomb England tremendously on the coast, and then invade by the, over the um, uh, the the, um, the um, west part of England on the beaches. 
and and the Spitfires had a, a big battle with the German Air Force in 1940 in September, and they shot down so many German planes that the Germans gave up the immediate plans to invade England. Otherwise, if the, the, air, the air Force hadn't have won, the Germans would have invaded England and that would be the end of the war. Before this interview, I never heard of the Spitfire plane. After hearing this interview and doing some more research, I realized how important this plane was in winning the war. The Spitfire was named Spitfire not only because of its remarkable firing capabilities, but also it was the nickname the manufacturer gave his daughter. There were more than 20,000 Spitfires made during the war, and the plane was one of the strongest fighter planes at the time. It was interesting to hear how big of an impact this plane made on the war. The English Channel was the invasion plan of Hitler to, to, to go across the English Channel. Now this is where the sabotage came in to destroy, and this scientist that's in the book um, invented the hedgehog mortar, which is a deadly result. It was a, the German submarines were sinking all of the merchant ships going across the ocean, the Atlantic, and they were torpedoing them, and they didn't have a good armament to stop the, the submarines from killing all these people and b blowing up the ships. So what they did, he designed, they had depth charges, which the Corvettes would drop down around a submarine that attacked, but they would, like a, a large garbage can, they'd throw down, and it would only, if it, if it hit something, would it, it wouldn't go off, it would explode at a certain depth. He designed a depth charge that would be shot out of a gun into a, a cluster. It would land in a square, and they would all submerge, and they wouldn't just—they wouldn't blow up unless they touched metal. And the Germans were hiding down. So with the old depth charges, the Germans would just hide, and they'd explode but not sink the sub. But because these particular charges would only go off if they touched metal, the Germans started losing the war of the submarines, which was killing all of the Canadians and. British and everybody in, in sending um, material from North America to, to Europe. The Enigma machine was created to encrypt secret messages that the Germans were sending to their allies. The Enigma machine's encryption was broken by a man named Alan Turning. Together, Alan Turning and his team of mathematicians were able to crack the code, saving thousands of lives and greatly helped with winning the war. I asked him if he knew anything about the man who cracked the Enigma machine's code. Oh, the Enigma? Yeah, of course. It was, you know, the man that started Enigma was the beginning of the computers, and as you know, just inventing the computers. But he started doing about 1938, I think, researching. Oh, I had one other thing too that's important. And what happened is he come up with this machine that would decipher American codes going to the submarines and around the, to tell the troops where to fight next. And they eventually, it's called, uh, I think Berkeley Park, I think it was, and they started a whole division of people to make this machine so that they would intercept the German um, signals to the, to the submarines and the troops and the airplanes and everybody else. But as a result, they didn't want to do it all the time, or the Germans would know that they had broken the code. 
So they would actually let a, a raid happen, even though they knew people were going to get killed, but they didn't want to let the Germans know that they'd actually had the, the solving of their computer codes. And uh, that was another reason that, that won the war. Overall, I really enjoyed my talk with George Daly. Looking back at my driving question, how might we use stories to understand the cause and consequences of World War II, I think I'm able to answer this question a little bit better. Looking at it from a more technological point of view, I've learned from this that technology was a big part of the war. Whether it was destructive bombs or the complex machinery, all of it is important to learn about. Using stories to understand technology during the war helps capture many different perspectives. We can understand how something was created, why it was created, and more through oral stories, much better than any other source. Also, it's good to record these oral stories and save them. Without people out there collecting these stories, they may become lost forever and never heard again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bandwidth Podcast. If you're interested in joining me on my podcasting journey, keep an eye out for the next episode of Bandwidth.